Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today you'll be listening to myself, Mark Hirons and Dave Clayton. This is episode 113 of the Creative Waffle Podcast. On the show today I talk to Dave about Photoshop, photo manipulation and how that's got him into different scenarios and different job opportunities throughout his career, uh, conferences, Creative South and loads of things you should and shouldn't do at conferences, uh, also meeting heroes and what to do around them. We also talk about how to be a good member of the design and creative community. This is a really cool chat with Dave after hearing him on his own podcast, he shoots, he draws, and uh, after hearing him on uh, the Honest Science podcast and uh, other cool stuff and meeting him in person as well, uh, it's, it's really nice to actually chat with him on our podcast on Creative Waffle and uh, talk to him about his backstory because it's not something I've actually heard. So I uh, hope you enjoy this podcast, hope you learn something more about Dave that you didn't know before and let's get into it. Just before we do get into this podcast, you can get your graphic design resources through Design Cuts. This podcast is sponsored by Design Cuts, I'll a referral link I have with them. Uh, go and check it out down in the description below that really help the podcast out if you purchase something through the referral link yeah let's get into the podcast uh this is it after half okay. an hour we've been chatting off the podcast it's so i mean it's so good to chat to you uh, always so yeah. welcome to the podcast finally thank it's you very up. much i'm, I'm honored mate i'm really honored so i've been, been following you for such a long it feels like such a long time now yeah and you're, like an, you're yeah. like an old master of, of podcasting and <laughs> No, I mean, we, so we met at Creative South. It's nearly been a year since our friendship. We've talked like, a lot, so it's been it's been really good friendship. So um, yeah, thank you very much for meeting me and uh, Creative South. And yeah, I know. But <laughs> it's quite funny. I've the, the amount of people in the industry from England that I've met only in America, <laughs> and and they're like on my doorstep. There's a guy called Nigel French who teaches uh, InDesign at Creative Pro. He lives in Brighton. I've seen him. Th- I've met him three times. Uh, LA, New Orleans, and uh, I think San Diego or somewhere. We've never met in England. Yeah, that's the same here. Yeah, but, um, but won't Creative get South good? Yeah, that's such a great event. And your it was our first event there as well. Yeah, for each of us. What happened? How did we connect? <laughs> uh, I think I'd started listening to you. I'd found you by I was looking for a couple of interviews with Aaron Draplin. And I did a search and Creative Waffle came up and I thought, oh, it's a video one, which is quite different for a podcast. Is it, there seems to be more video podcasts now, mm. which I, fi- I still find odd because I don't particularly like being on camera. And it's like when they first brought um, cameras into like Radio 1 so you could watch the radio show. I like the mystery of the, the conversation. But, um, so I found your podcast with Aaron Draplin, the second one that you did. And I'm sitting there watching it thinking, how the hell did he get Aaron Traplin? And then I realized for the second time. So I started to like go back and see the other guests you had, which even then were pretty good. Yeah. Um, when you think now, like the guests you've had since then are, are kind of unbelievable. But, um, and I just thought, well, you know, how cool that at your age, you've like set out to do something you've started your own company you've started a podcast you're on camera you're like absolutely putting yourself out there in front of these designers asking them for advice and questions and they're all saying i'm sure you get a few no's but they're saying yes 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 so then it was like when i saw you were going to be at creative south i was really looking forward to meeting you and i kind of i saw you a couple of times but you were chatting to someone and i didn't want to come over and and like barge in and go mark (laughs) so uh, yeah i know but it's like it Create the, the things for conferences that people don't get um and I've, I've done a few now so i kind of know a, a little bit of like my way around yeah. but people get quite um overwhelmed 
by it and they go there and there's suddenly all these people they admire uh you know like slightly bigger names that you're perhaps scared to go up to or or people are having a conversation and you don't want to be that person at the party that walks along and just starts laughing at what everyone else is laughing at and then everyone turns and looks at you like who the hell are you <laughs> so so those sort of things is a way of behaving at conferences and and I watched, not in a weird way, but I, I was watching you during the week to see, like, seeing you move around and connecting with the people that I knew were really valuable connections for you. So, you know, I saw you talking to Brad Woodard. I saw you talking to Dustin Lee. Um, you spoke to Mike. And and I just see you going around, like, your first day, that, that party they had that had the um, fairground stuff. And there you were, just like doing your thing, going around. And I just want to take my hat off to you, mate, because you've absolutely done what so many uh, young men your age won't do because there's that kind of sense of entitlement. Well, I bought Photoshop. Now I should be good. And, and you know, now everyone should know me. But you've, you've done it the right way. You know, you've, you've created a brand. You've got a podcast. You put your work out online. You're very transparent about what you do. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, I appreciate all that. That's, yeah, that's cool. I, I didn't realize you, you were following me before the before we met Creative South. Yeah, uh, yeah, I knew you were. So, so, so we, we did we at the fairground. Is that what it was? That what happened? Yeah, yeah. That's where we first sort of. Um, I think that's where we like first said hello, and then I think we properly met, like to have a proper chat in the uh, opera house the next day. Yeah, uh, where, yeah. We a, where we had a like proper conversation. But um, yeah, it was just. It, it was just weird because you know I, I respect what you do and you you know you have the same stature as somebody like you know von glitchko or aaron draplin you're in the industry you're working hard is when you get to meet the people that you it's like that thing when people meet film stars and tv stars because they've been watching the soap opera they walk up to them almost expecting that that person will know who you are because you've been watching them on telly for 20 years so there's this like weird over familiarity where you, know, you walk up, all right, mate, all right, mate, how you doing? How you doing? And they're like, oh, 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 I don't know who you are. Yes. So you have to kind of do that smooth transition of, you know, I saw, oh, look, it's Mark from Crow Waffle. Oh, it's Dustin Lee. And that was the first time I met Dustin, and we've been chatting for quite some time. Uh, first time I met Brad, and, you know, I met Mike and saw Jason Frost home, people I'd listened to and, and seen on, you know, video. Yeah. And then when you're there, it is a little bit like meeting people off tv shows that you've you followed because you know podcast is like i've said the podcast is like audio netflix <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah you just binge listen <laughs> i didn't think of it like that yeah, that's a good point the fact that people say that never meet your heroes i think that's just, just absolutely not true i don't i think you should just go out and yeah you can, can meet like if you can meet your hero that's fantastic because i've met yeah. my heroes and uh, it's, it's been amazing yeah yeah and it's rare it is rare that, I mean, they could, you can meet your hero, you might not have a great experience, but at the same time, they might not have been having a, a great day. Exactly. Um, I remember, I won't name the person, but I remember meeting a comedian once um, through work who I really looked up to, um, an English comedian, and I was so excited that he was going to be at this event. And I tried, con I tried a conversation with him, and he was okay, but he was really standoffish. And I thought, that's a shame, because you know, we had a mutual friend as well. Yeah. Then I found out a couple of weeks later, he's sitting at the table. He's just stood up and done this whole set for this corporate do. And he was getting texts off his wife. They're going through a divorce. And, yeah. and it was just, and, and so, you know, the guy was having a really bad day. 
and I could have gone away thinking, oh, you know, what a, you know, what an arse. But, but people can have a bad day and I think you should meet your heroes. I think you should go up and, and introduce yourself because, you know, otherwise you don't get people like Stefan Sagmeister on your podcast for your hundredth episode. Yeah, go back and listen to that one, anyone listening to this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I want to learn more about one of my heroes today, uh, Dave Clayton. Ah, don't. Genius and uh, very, very kind guy. So can, we, can you talk me through uh, everything, anything you want to talk me through? Uh, how did you get to be the famous, friendly Dave Clayton? Oh, okay. <laughs> to start with school, to start with, start with growing yeah. up. Now you found um, All right, yeah. I mean, I was so I was born in 1965. Um, so I was born. Uh, I was born before man stepped foot on the moon. I was born before England won the World Cup. Uh, so my formative years were uh, obviously, you know, there were no computers. There was, there was, you know, that was science fiction. And bizarrely, science fiction was something I. I give my mum the credit for it because I remember growing up watching like the original Star Trek, uh, Time Tunnel, Land of the Giants, Captain Scarlet. There was all these science fiction things that looking back, I realised that the, th- the thing that I loved most, because from what I remember from colouring in and drawing, was every single one of those programmes had a very identifiable brand. So like, and you, none of these will make, some of these will make no sense to you, but like Joe 90, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, they all had a logo, they all had color schemes, they all had a really strong, colorful brand, Star Trek with the, you know, the gold shirts, red shirts, blue shirts, all the insignia. Yeah. I, I realized the amount of stuff I did as a kid from what I watched on telly probably really influenced me into, in, into love loving design without realizing that would be something that would be what I'd be good at. So all I could do as a kid was draw. That was just the thing that I loved doing the most. Um, I was useless at maths. You know, I got scraped through English. I was born in West London. That's where we lived. And, you know, great, good school years, like sailed in most of the art, art and crafty stuff. But when I left school at 16 in 1982 the closest to technology i'd had was what we had at school was the language lab where you put a set of headphones on and you listen to someone speak french and you repeat it and we used to be excited that that was our technology or someone wheeled in the television with a video recorder because you can know what sex education tape or something <laughs> so like a bit of that at school yeah. the, the video the box <laughs> <laughs> that was an exciting day when they brought that in but but I, so art and technical drawing were two things that I had an option at school. I didn't like metalwork, woodwork or, or cooking or any of those things. I really liked the, the art stuff and the te- technical drawing. Yeah. So my, my only path then uh, was really looking at being an architect of some kind or, or a, a designer of products. So when I left school at 16 in 1982, I went and worked for my dad at an engineering company on the promise of being able to draw mechanical parts for machines that would that would be made subsequently started um never got a chance to do it so i ended up doing um because not i didn't become an electrician but i did electrical work and, and piping work and i always used to all my electrical panels were all beautifully laid out color coded there was still design in my work but 
just not as a designer. I just found a way of bringing design into everything that I did. So when I used to draw the electrical diagrams, they were all color coded and, you know, look really cool. They were all done properly. So, so, you know, like working, 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 I still didn't see a computer until like the early nineties. Yeah. And by then I'd, I'd left my dad's company, worked, went and worked for a print company in Hemel Hempstead and got my hands, started to see, um, I saw Heidelberg. Uh, we had lithographic uh, mach machinery that we used to build, uh, manufacture and repair. The first photocopiers, um, my first Apple Mac, uh, the little brown one with the green screen, uh, with a big floppy disk, um, and Quark Express. There's a bit of software called Quark Express. And although my job wasn't anything to do with the design side, I was working in like the spare parts department. One of the guys that I befriended uh, in the like the tech department used to get me to go around and um, see him about something, and he'd let me go on the Mac, and I, and it's like oh wow, this is like the computer, and then he showed me Quark Express, and then it was like oh desktop publishing, so that was kind of my introduction to to technology and design was desktop publishing, which is I would say. My, what my background will be is I love doing layout mm. I love doing uh, magazine design and brochure design and that kind of thing and then we got our first color computer which had like it's two meg of ram or something ridiculous like a game boy was more more powerful than the first computer I had but it allowed me to get get into that world of okay we've now got computers I can now do something that I love on these machines and um and, and then moving forward another few years what what's the story what took you to the job in hell yeah like what what made you decide to go up there uh so i i lived we lived uh i was born in west london we lived in a place called southall in middlesex and uh while i was at school my uncle moved out to watford right. and my we went and visited him my mum and dad really liked the area so we moved out and we moved to watford when i was 10 okay. uh, which was 1975 and so hemel hempstead was like the next biggest town so off through a you know mutual friends i ended up getting this job in hemel hempstead which was only a little commute for me and i was there for five years and it was working for this there was like two two big employees employers in hemel hempstead the company i worked for on kodak um, and then the next town was rolls royce so there were three big places you could leave school and go and work for and i went for the print company and uh and then i ended up moving up to Leicestershire um, to be with someone who I'm no longer with. But yeah, I, I moved up there and I got this job at a quarry company. I was a quarry salesman for, uh, for, yeah, from, from engineering to a uh, printing parts administrator. Uh, and then I left there and I became a quarry sales administrator. Wait, wait, what happened there? Why, why did that? Um, <laughs> I met, met a girl and uh, she lived up there. I moved up, decided to sort of, you know, tr try it out. And I just applied for any jobs right. just to get a job and, and end up getting this job with this company. And uh, yeah, it paid all right. I bought a house up there, really cheap house and worked, did, did admin and I was on the road as a salesman. But while I was doing that, uh, another company moved into our building and the guy had a much better PC by then. And he had a 
program called Paint Shop Pro. And I used to go, when I used to go and see him and saw it, he said, oh, he was this, this lovely Swedish guy. And he said, I don't know what this software is. Can you, can you have a look and tell me? So I loaded Paint Shop Pro 5 up and we had a look and I said, oh, there's a thing called Photoshop, which I've never used, but it looks like it does that. It's, you can manipulate photographs in it. So he, he said, okay, you will come after work and, <laughs> and learn how to use it and then tell me how to use it. So I was like, happy days. I haven't got a computer at home. Now I can sit down and actually kind of get into photo manipulation, which is my first, you know, I'd done my little bit of Quark Express at the old place and I used to make warranty forms and things, but that was quite basic. So he gave me this photograph of his son. His son was in the Swedish military. There was a helicopter in the background. His son was stood in front of the helicopter and in front of him was a red sports car, open top sports car, and sitting on the front of the bonnet over the head, main headlight was his girlfriend. Right. <laughs> and he gives me the picture and he says, um, I need you to do something to this picture. And I'm thinking, what? And he said, I need you to remove the girl. He is, she, is no longer her, he, uh, she is no longer his girlfriend. I don't want her in the photograph. Like, take her out. It's like a hit job. <laughs> So, uh, so I, I, yeah, he had a he had a scanner, and so I scanned the photograph in, and uh, put it into Paint Shop Pro, and then I just sat there, and it was like right, I had no internet to really, as as like what we have today, no proper internet to go looking for tutorials online. YouTube wasn't even a thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I found the clone brush, I found the selection tool. And basically what I did was painstakingly like zoom in and I just cloned as much as I could using bits of the car, bits of the background, bits of the floor, like stealing bits of the rest of the car, trying to manipulate and it till in the end over, it probably took me about three weeks of staying, staying late. I eventually took her completely out of the photograph. Now, if I, if I had that photograph today and I showed you it, you would go, who was in the photograph that you took out? Because it, it probably would look awful. But at the time, I called him into the office and I said, okay, I've got something to show you. Can you come and have a look at the photograph? And he looked at it on screen and there was no reaction. But to him, I'd done such a good job. He hadn't realized she wasn't there anymore. Then all of a sudden the penny dropped and he just said three words. It just went, I won't swear, but he went, oh, effing hell. <laughs> and looked at me where's she gone i said i've taken her out and that was my first ever proper photo manipulation job and it, i had the bug then i was like okay i know what i can create with computers now so i started getting every single job i got from then was uh, and anyone listening who's kind of i don't know late 30s early 40s who started on something like paint shop pro and photoshop all the work you ever got as a, as a designer was can you put my dad's head on this person's body for his for his christmas card or for his birthday card so can you put my, my dad's head on bobby moore in the world cup can you put my daughter on you know this cartoon character that was all the work i ever got was can you can you put so i became really good at putting what age were you doing this? Like, what, what, was, what was the... When we uh, used to... What age so was... We're probably talking now around 1994, 5, 
so yeah we're looking at i was you know pushing 30 late late 20s seems crazy to say that now so long ago but um yeah so it was quite kind quite late in life for me and that's that's one of the things that i you know i love being born the year i was born i love all the experiences i've had in my life and the things that i've had that like you wouldn't have had or 30 year olds wouldn't have had but when you come into this industry as late as i did it's it's quite daunting because you know i never got to go and do i should have done graphic design i should have gone to college and done graphic design if i was that passionate about it but i didn't you know i was a kid i wanted money there were girls i needed a car wanted to go out be with my mates so i took the jobs took the money and went down that path so being self-taught and coming you know really only getting your hands dirty on a computer when you're over 25 just feels really weird to say that because there's people who are 25 now that own their own company you know tom at design cuts he's 30 he started design cuts when he was 25 yeah you know, so so when i think back to to that it's like more you know more than half my life ago that once i got the bug of of paint shop pro it then became a journey of uh i pretty much bought I finally got a computer, finally got a PC. I think it was a, a Time One or Time Warner or something, huge beast. And I started buying magazines like Computer Shopper um, that used to have a free disc on the front. And you'd always get a 30-day trial of of something. So it will be like a desktop publishing software or some graphical 3D. or And you always had 30 days to play with it. And then you had to wait for the next magazine and try something else. So I kept doing that, kept doing that. Uh, I did buy the next version of Paint Shop Pro. And then one day, I, and the, the years will escape me now, but I do remember somebody coming into work and going, did you say that thing was called Photoshop you were on about? And I said, yeah. And he gave me a disc and he goes, here you go, try that. <laughs> uh, I think it was Photoshop 4. And this is why you're still at the quarry place? This is still at the quarry place, yeah. Yeah, so um, so by then it was like, well, okay, you know, I think everybody, anybody who who says they didn't have a, a pirate copy of software that back then is a liar. Um, so I loaded it up, I put it in the computer and Photoshop opened up and it just seemed really like too complex for me. I wasn't used to it. I had never seen it before. I closed it down and every time I got a job, I kept doing it in PaintShop Pro. Till in the end, I picked up a magazine somewhere um, that kind of did a tutorial. So I, I started to get into the, the Photoshop. By then, I then got Photoshop 5. I think I got 4 at the back end of 4, and then I got, I got given 5. Um, I'm really sorry, Adobe. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, inst I installed that, and I, and I taught myself uh, Photoshop um, which back then didn't have everything because there was Macromedia, which was a separate company at the time. So you had Freehand was the uh, like version of Illustrator. Yeah. Um, and then you had like Flash, Macromedia Flash. That, yeah. uh, Dreamweaver was Macromedia as well. Yeah, I remember. So, yeah. So they kind of, they were two separate companies that had, you know, the industry leading software. So then obviously the dawn of the internet's coming now. So we're starting to get more content on the internet and, you know, 56K dial-up modem, which you will never know the pain. Know is. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically you, you had to, you, your phone had to dial a number 
to right. connect to connect to the internet and then you get like this yeah. squealing noise and then it would connect and it would be like the slowest connection ever it's like watching um back in the day we had a system on telly called cfax or teletext yeah teletext yeah yeah, yeah. so basically you when when football matches were being played yeah. imagine the only way to find out was watching wait for us for a screen to refresh well that was the speed of the internet back then it was like information came through really slowly email came through really slowly but there was starting to be more information out there and then around 1999 98-99 I discovered a magazine in I think it was a shop in London some news agency in London um because I really loved magazine, I love buying magazines, yeah. and it and it was a Photoshop, it was a Photoshop magazine. I think it was a graphic design magazine called Mac Design. I've got some over here, and by then I kind of knew what Apple Mac was, but it was out of my price range. Uh, but there was this magazine called Mac Design, so I thought, oh, cool! It had some tutorials in there. It was talking about Quark Express and Macro, you know, the Macromedia products and the Adobe products. So I bought this magazine for like ten pounds. I had no idea who was behind the magazine, just bought it. And then next time I went to London, I found another copy. I bought that. Uh, and then there was, then I found Photoshop user magazine, which by then we're now, uh, we're now at around the year 2000. I was still living up there. I was still working for a quarry company, a different one now. Um, but I found this magazine called Photoshop user. And also online, there was a company called the NAPP which was the National Association of Photoshop Professionals. So now there was training content online and this really cool magazine that there was nothing else like it that was all Photoshop techniques. And um, I hope, uh, oh yeah, this is a video one, but over here, uh, there, is is all the magazines I've kept for every edition I've ever had of... uh, a Photoshop user magazine, a Mac design, and another one called Layers magazine. And unbeknown to me, Mac design was done by Scott Kelby, who's uh, a name in the Photoshop industry. Um, And he's one of the, he's sold over 5 million photography and training books. So I discovered this organization and the magazine, and that was a really big help for me then, because I was reading these techniques by people that were showing like how to do, um, how to do special effects in Photoshop, how to start to look at typography. And then I could use desktop publishing. I could create imagery in Photoshop and then started to combine the two, but I didn't have a job doing it. This was all still kind of fresh. So I I moved into a different quarry company and became their marketing manager. Nice. And, And they, and they didn't have a marketing department. So we decided to, this was, this was too, thousand yeah year 2000 um by then you know there was there were good good computers good software for Photo- digital photography was just starting to come in even though the camera we had you put a floppy disk in the back of it for in the, the camera saves in the camera in the back of the camera yeah um so yeah i started i got this job as marketing manager and basically they said you know what do we need to do as a company what do we need to create and I had by then I had some basic HTML skills. I taught myself some web stuff on Dreamweaver. I was much better at Photoshop. I could use desktop publishing software. I can't remember what I had there. I think it was still Cork. Um, 
so I started to learn a lot about marketing and reading books about marketing and sort of looking at how to sell the company, not the product as a, as a salesman as I had been. But now I could sit at a desk and create everything on computer. You know, I built the company's website. I designed all their brochures, their flyers. Um, I learned a lot about printing because there's a lot. That's one thing a lot of designers don't do is they, they'll sit and happily design, but they never learn about the second part of the process, which is going to print which is really important. You know, the way you export a PDF, the way you prepare stuff for a printer is really important. So I learned a lot about that. And I was their marketing manager for five years. And that's when Adobe had acquired Macromedia in that period. Um, And then Adobe went into Creative Suite, I think it became then. It stopped being version numbers. Apologies if my years are out because it is a a long time ago. But yeah, they'd gone from, I remember when, um, yeah, the creative, the first creative suite, Adobe Creative Suite was released and I went to the launch up, up in London and it was really exciting because the Macromedia purchase had gone through. Yeah. All the software was all under one roof, which is really odd for some people. And I think that was like then the dawn of the create of that for me was like the dawn of that creative industry where suddenly the internet was getting better the software was getting better and, and more available. There were more events. There were more techniques you could learn online and in magazines. Um, there were lots of places to get content. Mm. So you could become self-taught a lot better than than I had been earlier on. So it, it's quite good being there at the birth of it all and, and yeah. kind of finding everything new for the first time, like seeing seeing something come along and uh, a language that you didn't understand or uh, just the, just the way things were put together that you never yeah. understood. I used to make fanzines. I used to make little magazines for our five-a-side football team called the wow. Armchair Supporter. Um, uh, basically, whatever went on, um, I used to I used to make a, a little fanzine about it. I used to literally cut stuff out, copy and paste, photocopy it, draw some stuff on, photocopy it again. Um, add a bit of colour, that glue some bits in. Till in the end, you you ended up with this like, huge thing that you ended up photocopying for the last time, and you could make a booklet. And that always stayed with me. That creative side was I always liked the challenge of people would say, "Oh, can you make such and such for, you know, for for this party or a birthday or something?" And then uh, I got involved with a radio show that used to they they really were the this guy called bam bam for anyone listening my age in london there was kiss fm there's bam bam and street boy and they used to pretty much they were bigger than chris moyles was when chris moyles was at radio one they were huge in london and they this guy bam 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 his name's pete uh i'm gonna give him a shout out because he yeah yeah he for me, he's one of the most creative people I've ever met, and not too many people know about him. Those those who grew up with living in, listening to him, he was the first radio show to have a, to have a proper website, and he used to do things with his radio show that no other radio station was doing. They used to beat Capital Radio hands down for the for the Sony Awards, mm-hmm. um, and he he came out with a podcast at a time when podcasts weren't even a thing you know he was really big on radio when was this uh, like, we're, go, we're going back 
90s. 90s, yeah. Back in the 90s, yeah. Well, as soon as any kind of technology came out, he embraced it. That's really, that was one of the first podcasts, though. Yeah, and he did, um, he left the radio show and had this podcast called The Show. And and it was a daily, I think it started off daily and then it went to weekly. But at the time, there weren't that many podcasts. And uh, How did you listen to it? Where did you get it? Uh, you, it was on iTunes. By then, iTunes was out. I think, yeah, because I, I saw the first one on iTunes, and and I knew that um, his sidekick, Street Boy, was was related in the family. So mm-hmm. that's why I'd always heard the name. And he's he was talking about, oh, I wish somebody could design this fake magazine cover for me for the show called Council Dweller, and because he was talking about a magazine he saw in a doctor's surgery that was just full of tat and rubbish news. And he came up with this idea and said, oh, I wonder if anyone out there could mock it up for us. So I did. I made this, this magazine called Council Dwellers. Front, it was only a front cover. And I sent it in and that, like, listened to it the following week. And he rang me and he said, mate, this is just, how? How did you do it? Where does this come from? Um, so I explained, like, I was connected to Rob Streetboy, who was married to my cousin. Um, and every week for this podcast, I created... A, a, basically they would do the show they would talk about what's in the news and yeah. as soon as i listened to the show i'd create a front cover that was completely based around the content of the show and that would be uploaded to their website and people could look at it awesome. just soon like some some days i had it done within 24 hours after the show and i did this for about nine months that the show was on air and that that opened up a lot of doors for me in terms of people I know in in different parts of the industry. But that I was that was a job I was really proud of because because Bam was such a creative person that even now he's still like coming up. He's he's still a really creative genius, and I love people like that that have not just the idea, but they'll do it and they'll have a go. And he created like the fir- one of the first. Um, like a LinkedIn kind of thing for professionals. And, and I did some artwork for that and I used to design his logos. And then I started getting more into logo design through Photoshop because then freehand and illustrator came along and then InDesign came along and oh, it feels like too much to say, but it was, I was really excited then because I could do layout. I could do logo design. I could do photo manipulation so I could get more work. I was better in my job because I was able to do more layout stuff. I think the first, I think the first brochure I did was all in Photoshop. Um, I think the second one I did was all in Illustrator and the third one I did was in InDesign. So I had to learn how to piece those pieces together, those bits together to make something. But uh, yeah, it was just such a weird time learning all these things as they came along and different people gave me opportunities to do, to do different things that connected me to other people. You know, and I've always worked, I've always worked. I've only been freelance twice in my life when my girls were born. So I've always had a job. I've never run my own business, design business. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I admire what you do because, you know, you've gone, you've gone out and gone, you know, I'm going to create a brand and you've got all the tools at your disposal. You've got the internet, you've got, you know, you've got, you know, that's why I admire what you do because I think, God, if I could go back, to being that like 20 years old yeah yeah if i could go back to 20 and see what we've got in the world today it would literally like blow your mind good starting point yeah 
yeah. You know, I, I had one of the first mobile phones, which you had to stand outside a shop to get a signal and you could only make phone calls on it. So like from a technology point of view, and I really am sorry from boring anybody watching this, for you're just like the, you're one of your oldest guests, apart from maybe Lance Wyman. But man, you, you don't realize how much you learn until somebody asks you to think back how you started and the path you took and then you piece those bits together and like even now there's things coming in my head that jobs that I got and opportunities that I got where I got to work on things but they're just the little things that they they kind of add up like it's weird not even a jigsaw it's like a it's like a, a rubber band ball you just keep adding to it and occasionally a couple ping off but it gets bigger and it's really weird looking how it's been put together because, like I say, no traditional. Like you went to Shillington, didn't you? And you did a course there. I've never done a course. I've never. I did a like an evening Photoshop course at local college when I lived in Colville, but you know nothing worth worth the paper it's written on. So, it's always, it's, you've always been thinking about technology. Always been. It's always been like a backbone to your interest, anyway. Like you've always been really really excited about the latest technology and latest photo manipulation stuff yeah definitely and and i'm a big book fan i'm, I'm a big um i've still got the original uh in fact i'm just going to lean across and get it yeah. this, this is the first book i ever got on branding um there's a, a thing another thing we used to have when we were when we were younger was you used to have a thing called the uh, world books and you'd get this leaflet and you could buy four books for a pound. Then you had to buy four books over a year and then you end your membership. Um, and then there was a thing called Britannia music. And you did the same thing with cassettes, tape cassettes. But anyway, I got this book and it's called the complete guide to advertising. And that was the first design book I ever got. And it absolutely fascinated me that this sold me this book just like was the book that made me go, okay, this is the industry I have to be in, but what do I need to do to be part of it? And this is the original book. This, is, this isn't like a, I found it on eBay and bought it. This is the book I got from World Books. And that, that advertising for me, advertising and marketing was kind of what opened up my career. Yeah. Um, and I said to you off air before we started this, that design is brilliant i love graphic design i love logo design i love the industry like the graphic designers that are out there now and you've like interviewed so many good ones i've only discovered over the past two three four years like paula Scher and lance wyman and herbie barlin these are all people i've only discovered through really through aaron draplin through for discovering him and that was only three four years ago but marketing is so important and it's the one thing that so many designers get wrong and photographers, you know, it's part of the business that a lot of people overlook is, you know, it's great, great being a great logo designer, but if you don't know how to market your business, if you don't know how to design for a marketing purpose, knowing where that logo is going to be and the job it's going to do and how it's going to grow uh, a system because it's not just a logo it's a system yeah, and absolutely. you know you know when you look at the world the england uh, project you did which is brilliant absolutely love that but you built a system you looked at not just one thing you looked at parts of it 
and what are those parts going to do and how they're going to work for the brand and what information are they giving so it's something I, I i would say to anybody watching or listening is go and do a course that go and watch something about marketing about email marketing um about advertising about print just look at all the different even if you're not going to advertise, even if you're not going to put your stuff in a magazine, the stuff you're creating is going to be, especially if you get a big client, they're going to be using that content to put on billboards and brochures. And, you know, you've got to understand how that, how that artwork's going to be used because the more you understand, the better a conversation you'll have with the client, the more work you'll get. And it's the thing I say to photographers, um, I'm doing a, a talk in Holland in March at the Professional Imaging Show, and the, the, the talk is called uh, Why a Graphic Designer is a Photographer's Best Friend, huh. and vice versa, because a photographer should, should, le should learn to shoot knowing what a graphic designer would need, and a graphic designer should understand how a photographer goes about the kind of photographs they're creating and, and what they're going to do with those images, because... I spoke to a photographer once he went into a bakery and he took all these photographs of the cakes and the staff and everything. And they got all the cakes out. He lit it all. He got his beautiful pictures of the cakes. I think he got paid like a hundred quid, you know, which was really ridiculously cheap for the amount of time he put into it. Yeah. And I said to him, like, and, and then what? He said, well, yeah, I just took all the photographs and they put the cakes back and I went and I got paid. And I went, yeah, but, and then what? It's like, where do you think those photographs ended up? Absolutely, yeah. What they, 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 they didn't go on Flickr. Those, <laughs> those photographs went to a graphic designer who probably got five times what you got paid mm. to put them in a flyer, to put them in a pull-up banner, to put them in a poster for the shop window for price lists. So what you need to do is shoot product, but if you, if you can work with a graphic designer the pair of you will get the work and the pair of you will get repetitive work because you can work together on a project. So as a designer, if you go and I said this the other day on our podcast, if you look at, uh, if you type in corporate office in Adobe stock, yeah. there'll be the standard table of, you know, the table in the, the, the office in London that every wall is made of glass, perfectly lit. Every man is wearing a crisp light blue shirt. There's every kind of, person from all over every ethnicity around the world there's you know, like every throw the kitchen sink into it everyone's handsome and smiling it's, you find me an office like that yeah, <laughs> right. but really what people want to see is real life stuff they want to see the staff in the office the staff in the bakery because it gives it more of a it's a personal feel it's a when, when you put that in front of someone and then you've got 10 that are all using stock photography mm. you can spot stock photography a mile off so that's why I say is try and a photographer should find a friend who's a designer and a graphic designer should find a photographer and learn together. Make the photographer sit with you while you design something using their photographs. And if you get time, you go out on a shoot with a photographer and watch what they do and look at how they read the scene and why they're photographing what they're photographing and make them understand, okay, it's great you took a, a portrait shot, but I need a landscape because I'm going to have some text go over here yeah i need i need that white space can you not shoot against that bookshelf but can you shoot against that clean wall instead because i'm gonna have like free cake with every coffee there 
I don't want to be fudging it in Photoshop. So it's so important. Yeah, I, I totally, yeah. I'm lucky that uh, I've got a sister as a photographer. So, um, yeah. and and the photography studio is literally it's there. So yeah, I understand. Uh, like we're, we're basically living in the same room. We're working out the same room. So I'm getting to understand, like watching her and like you say, like how 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 I can take even just like googling stock photography and like using Unsplash and that and and trying to pick photos that will work with a brochure design like you say like with that england project for example there were very specific photos that i needed but they weren't available i would have had to yeah. go to these locations and shoot them if yeah. i knew a photographer that had, had been there maybe they had one from a shoot that they didn't use and maybe i could buy off them yeah i don't know it's yeah it goes back to the thing i was talking about with um uh, jason craig about knowing other people that don't do the same things as you and like playing off of them and building this network around you which which i think you've done really well you, you know obviously know so many people as well but doing things that you can recommend people for if you don't and then that means you can do the things that you want to do exactly i love that quote you said the other day you said your granddad told you it's not who you know it's who knows you yeah 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 you want to stay with you (laughs) it was brilliant because i thought i've always said yeah it's not who you know it's who they know yeah sometimes because you're, the connection isn't always necessarily the work and that was one thing kind of rewinding a little bit going back to uh, the DNAPP um, belonging to that organization in 2000 and I, I started to buy the magazine and it was a real community but it was an American organization and I felt a bit kind of distance from it because I could see everything that was going on online I could see the magazine but I wanted to be part of it and then in 2010 I paid saved up and went to an event called Photoshop World uh, out in Las Vegas and it was i went out there with about four thousand people at this event and it was all you're going to learn photoshop photography uh i don't think it was lightroom then but there was lighting photography and stuff and i went along and i met scott kelby who's who's the owner uh met some of the training guys who i've these are people i've learned from over the years like dave cross rc conception Corey barker pete collins scott kelby um Matt Klaskowski, they, they were the Photoshop guys and they used to have a podcast, a, a live webinar thing every week called Photoshop User TV. And I used to watch that thing like people watch The Walking Dead. It was like, I, I couldn't wait for the next episode. So I learned from those guys. I went to my first Photoshop world. I met them all. And that's where I learned networking. That for me was then, I, I always got on with people that came from my dad. My dad knew everybody. But it wasn't until you find yourself in like, immersed in your perfect world and then you realize how important it is to me and one of the first instructors i i met at that event in an elevator was a guy called alan hess um who's a really good concert photographer he's written a really good concert photography book um he just looked down at me and he said are you the guy from england and i went (laughs) yeah i am you're alan hess and he went i said how do you know who i am he said i could just tell by your complexion you were english so you had to be the guy from the UK because I've been on the forum and to this day he's one of my best he's one of my best friends that's awesome um, I designed his last book cover he's acknowledged me in like last four of his books I'm using his photographs in in my book but yeah I went to that event first one and then that really was a big thing for me because I got introduced to Glyn um, Scott came to London soon after Photoshop World 
he introduced me to Glenn Dewis, who's my best mate. He's a photographer. We've only, so we've only known each other eight years. He's a photographer. I'm a designer. Perfect match. I did his branding. I did his logo. Um, I've did a load of stuff on his website. We work really close together. We got then started. <laughs> yeah, we now got a podcast. We get we teach. We go and do classes at Photoshop World in America. We've both written um, for the magazine. We've both recorded video classes. Big thing for me because a lot of a lot of people they don't know about me till they see me. Is I had a football accident 14 years ago, and it means my left eye. Uh, flickers and closes and, and blinks when I'm talking to people and I'm really self-conscious of it so to do video classes and to be on camera is a real big thing for me and then when I got invited to actually teach at Photoshop World which was three years ago my first public it was my first public speaking appearance at the age of 50 now you would think I would have done that years ago but my first public speaking appearance was teaching at Photoshop World Awesome. teaching yeah, in design and i stood up i thought if you're gonna do it go big yeah yeah go big or boat go home and uh I, I stood up i did it my projector broke down two-thirds of the way through the presentation so i had 20 minutes without a projector but it taught me a lot think on your feet um but yeah so i mean like, there's been like a million things it, it's still slotted in between that, that i've forgotten about the things that have happened but the, the Kel the Kelby the the NAPP which is now Kelby1.com that has been a huge huge influence for me. So Scott Kelby, um, I befriend you know I became friends with him. I started to go to different events. I started getting connected with more photographers and designers, and like I said, I've started doing more things. And then now I'm in the process of finishing a just finishing up a book called How Do I Do That in InDesign. Which is the fourth in the title of Scott Kelby's books? Um, yeah, it's just surreal. It's just really surreal. Even at fifty-three, I'm like still dumbfounded by a lot of it. I love, I love the connections I've got. I love that my job at Astute Graphics lets me go to to conferences, and I and I only got that. God, I, I'm talking too much. You probably talk, got no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to ask you quickly first before we go into Astute stuff. Social media before social media um sort of 2006 ish yeah when social media came in what was it like um, and did you adapt it did you get on it straight away or what happened i didn't i avoided it um myspace i did myspace um that was in the early 2000s that and friends reunited <laughs> god yeah the friends reunited was like stalkers.com <laughs> Just like to connect with people yeah, you went to school now. with. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, we had Friends Reunited and MySpace. MySpace was fun, but got... This is the funny thing, is MySpace got ruined because mm. people discovered memes and started posting memes and animated GIFs and just inspirational quotes, and it just became a, a website full of crap, which is exactly what Facebook is now. <laughs> It's, crazy. it's weird how you know different platform but but same content so i did i was a slow adopter for social media because at the time i couldn't see even to this day i still use twitter as google if i want to search for something i'll go on twitter first and look for a hashtag because it's real time information so if there is something just come out if there's a new brand project or something whilst there's like 10 websites that might have commentary on it 
you've got to click all the I consent cookies and you've got to f- pile through the pop up oh, ads. Uh, Whereas amazing. go on Twitter and and follow a hashtag. And same as Instagram, I follow hashtags really um, as well as people because I can see what other people are talking about, which is really important in this industry because sometimes there are people who are getting to discover and um, experience things that haven't really got into the media yet. So, so once I discovered what Twitter was doing, I joined. I joined Facebook because it was kind of the follow-on from Friends Reunited. But it took me a little while to really kind of work out how to market yourself on those platforms because it was all it was new to everybody um you know twitter had 140 characters it was you know now you got 280 uh facebook's changed so much uh then you've got all the advertising and stuff come in now is it's a bit more cluttered but i personally i prefer instagram i pretty much use instagram now i put everything on there and then swipe the thing and say put it on twitter put it on facebook yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, more, yeah. it's more fun to be on. I've not got loads of followers, but it's more fun to be on. It's more fun to follow people. And I like, you know, I follow all your stuff. It's all on Instagram. <laughs> uh, it's, that, it's that visual thing, though, isn't it? It's where, where you, I think as a designer, as a creative person, you're looking at it all and it's it's very colourful. Um, whereas Facebook and tw- even Twitter these days, you see a lot of adverts, you see a lot of stuff you don't really want. Yeah. Go through your Instagram feed. Yeah. every every fifth post will be sponsored yeah, yeah 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 some days it's every fourth other days it's every sixth but it's about every fifth post is a sponsored post and you know facebook's full of ads linkedin became messy i, I quite like linkedin i like connecting with people on linkedin um it has helped more so in the last couple of years um yeah, but i think you use it quite a lot yeah i see you on there yeah it's under it's underestimated platform it's, there's a few kind of facebooky type things appearing on there but people are quite quick to to sweep it up um yeah there's a lot of people quote gary v on there which uh, <laughs> i'm not a big gary v fan no um, no 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 i'm i'm uh, i just think i get what he does i love what he, i love what what he delivers and that he's made a brand for himself. But the thing that kind of put me off that whole uh, inspirational thing was that he posted an image once that just said something like, if you don't like something, stop doing it. That to me was just like, if it's hot, don't touch it. It's like, really, you you need a person to tell you such an obvious thing for you to have to realize that thing and do it. And then it feels a bit like, um, yeah, I know you're a fan of Gary Vee and there's a lot of friends of mine who like Gary Vee. But I think if if you need to be told some really obvious things and you're not already doing them, Mm. I think you're in the wrong place because it's like you're waiting for the next thing he says to know what to do next. And I don't like that mentality. I don't like that whole coaching coaching the coach kind of thing i like what entrepreneurs do i like there are some really good business people i'm a big fan of casey neistat i mean there's a guy that works yeah. incredibly hard at what he does and you know and, and then when i when i see and hear a lot of things that these inspiration i mean i grew up with tony robbins so tony robbins was the big kind of person teaching you all this stuff and there's a lot don't get me wrong there was a ton of great advice they give and there's a lot of messages they make you stop and think about what you're doing and and do it a slightly different way 
but it doesn't mean that everything that comes out of their mouth is gold. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and not everything, not everything's always that genuine. It is kind of a little bit, you know, I could say it's common, you know, if you, if you want to carry on living, breathe, you know, it's all these silly, you know, if you need to be told those things, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't like be in business, being having to be told every day, left foot forward, right foot forward, left foot forward, breathe in, breathe out. Some of that stuff you've got to, you've got to learn, learn yourself. But, but, you know, uh, I'm inspired by so many people, um, you know, from you, from you to Aaron Draplin to Lance Wyman to, uh, you know, my dad, um, you know, there's people who inspire you, but for small things, I don't like throwing my hat in all in on one person and being, you know, I've got, to, I've got to live by the, by the scriptures of Gary V or one of those I, sort of things. He, he can, I think there's a few of his fans, he's getting to the point where it's becoming a bit of a cult sometimes, you know, there's work hard and it's not, yeah. it, I think the problem with him, he's got to a point where he has to cater to too many people and they're all different. Um, yeah. And, and there's people that follow him that are really driven and motivated uh, and really know where they're going. And like, I like, like myself, I know where I'm going. I know what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so he's catering to that type of people. Yeah. He's also catering to the people that haven't done anything and, and are trying to get a bit more motivated. Yeah. So he's catering to two very different people where he's, and then, and then there's stuff in the middle, which is a bit like, yeah, it's not really catering yeah. to anyone. It's so nice like, to be validated. It's nice to, to hear someone like him say something and then you go, I'm glad he said that because that's what I've learned the yeah. hard way. That's what I'm doing. Good. I'm on course. Yeah. And you know, and there are people I've listened to and watched that I've kind of got a message and thought, well, I'm, I took that path. I'm glad that got me in the right direction. I think it's when you get people who completely rely on one person and it's like, what well, I, I've got to see what some, I'm not going to keep saying Gary V because it's not fair on him. He's probably I'm sure he's a very <laughs> nice man, but you know, I like people like Johnny, Johnny, uh, Johnny cupcakes yeah um like that guy he's, he's such a lovely man and he's built a business and he's successful and he's got a huge brand now i respect him i respect richard branson mm. um it's cool they've, they, they've built a business they've built they've changed the world not maybe not johnny cupcakes and this for t-shirts but there are people who've changed our world and i admire them more than I admire someone who might his only thing in life is to like be a walk-in inspirational meme. Yeah, that's where Gary, that's where Gary Veen sort of differs from uh, like people like Tony Robbins. He's not, he's not really like he, he has he's building a business. He's building an actual business as well. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, but there's I mean there's there's people that I would consider mentors, and online mentors. I've got like like a little collection of pictures just above the laptop, which I've. Uh, of the people and it's it's Gary V unfortunately yeah uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's not it's not criticism of him it's just you know it's good to be inspired like you know I first time I saw Casey Neistat I didn't like him now no, I, I, now I don't watch him because I get sucked into a black hole of, yeah. of watching all his videos there are people who, who do inspire me and it's good that you've got that and I've seen your I've seen your list yeah. and it is a good yeah. mixed list yeah. Go on, read him out. Chaplin, yeah. uh, Gary V, Jocko Willink, who's uh, an ex-Navy SEAL. Uh, that's Joe Rogan, obviously the podcaster. Yeah. Um, Jordan Peterson, the professor of psychology at Toronto University. Um, and just an incredible, incredible mind and, and just has so many good thoughts about society and just life in general. Yeah. Um, has very good perspectives on things. And then you've got, you got Conor McGregor, which is a bit questionable. Um, and that's why he's at the end. But <laughs> like, it, it's sort of, <laughs> that fighting spirit and getting going from nowhere to to where he is now and that's why he's on that list 
Seventh one uh, is Dave Clayton just at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's because there's a gap and there's a very small bit of blue tack and that can easily come down and be replaced quickly. No, I mean, I I've learned from so many people. I've yeah, I mean, there's so many people you learn different things from that you do become a little piece of you're like a magnet. Um, and I, I like to think you attract all the good elements of the people that you meet and they make you a better person. Cause I still think you can learn. I still think you can te- teach an old dog new tricks. Definitely. I sit and listen to like your podcast or the honest designers or adventures in design. And there are times when I'm driving to work and seriously, they're so inspiring in the content and the affirmation of you can do certain things that it actually you actually pull up parking parking the car to go to work thinking i'm gonna walk in and quit because i could i can do this on my own now message for nick if you're listening that's not my intention <laughs> but what i mean is there are certain lessons you've learned from these people who have done it who have, have made mistakes and had successes yeah. that when you listen to them talk about it on the different podcast platforms and you hear the, the different interviews is you look at someone like aaron draplin who's had a huge influence on me in a very short amount of time that I think it's brilliant that here's a guy that's built a brand mm. that's built off the back of stuff he's learned over the years that he's picked up from his dad, looking at old logos. He's brought, he's brought that the best parts of the past into the present and added his own spin to it and his own personality that yeah. when you walk around creative South and you see 50 graphic designers wearing ddc caps and t-shirts yeah why are they not wearing their own brand we've got one here <laughs> exactly exactly i've got four up on my bookshelf i've got you know that i look so silly I, in hats though, i don't it? even like dave matthews band but <laughs> i wanted that poster i've got his his logo one on this wall um i've got mama's sauce stuff up here from from davy max but when you see a graphic designer walking around in another gra- in another graphic designer's brand, you've yeah. done something right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got Jason Craig's uh, Crunk Friday T-shirt. Oh, such cool. I like. I like, and this is another thing I've said on Tom's podcast is when you when you make friends in the community. I know it's harder if you've not got the money. It's easy for me to say, but I like buying things from the people I admire. I like buying things from Aaron Draplin, from Jason, from Paul Howell, from Vom. Yeah from tom you know i'm a customer of design cuts a customer of retro supply customer of ian barnard there's so many people link down the description (laughs) (laughs) that's designcuts.com buy you know buy things buy things from the people in your industry and you know this is paul i said this is paul Houts t-shirt pretty much every t-shirt i wear is a dan styles or an aaron draplin or uh, a creative south or you know, designers I admire that I went to the, the shirt, the yeah. I've not stopped wearing it. It's so smelly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I got, I got the posters from you this week, which thank you very much. I've got your, um, which is going up in a frame in our living room when we decorate the, the skyline one and, Sweet. and your little one that Matt did for you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the stickers and the badges, you know, I love stuff like I've got a box full of stickers. I love keeping things from designers and sharing it. And it's a really big thing. It's a, a tip i'd say is share other people's work don't be afraid don't be afraid of losing anything don't be afraid of missing out you know the reason why my network why i pride myself on my networking ability and 
the fact that you know luckily i haven't heard too many bad things said about me to, to my face i've literally heard nothing <laughs> yeah but nick it's like my boss nick says i'm like i'm one degree away from everybody um but you know i'm 53 i've 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 been around i've made connections i've gone to events i've walked up and spoken to people i've spoken to my heroes i've asked the questions be polite be respectful be a customer don't do don't do anything because you think you can get something free out of it you know if you get something free out of it great that'll be the byproduct of somebody just doing a nice thing for you um you know i get a great kick out of i receive a lot of stuff um that i i get sent to me like i went and went to adobe max i picked up all those draplin postcard sets yep and i probably much again for that <laughs> yeah that's all right i've sent i've sent them to america uh i've sent them to people in england uh you know I, I i brought a good handful back so apologies to anyone at adobe max that missed out on because <laughs> i because i i said to the guys at french like can i take some back to england because there's a lot of people who are draplin fans who are just not as lucky as me to be there so I'm, I'm, yeah i've been sending them out um i give away a lot of stuff i like sharing sharing the things i get i give away field notes um you know aaron gave me some when i went over there and saw him and i've been sharing them out i, I that's what i love about the industry is that whole kind of everyone's in it together and i think what epitomizes it is creative south oh, i think yeah. as an as an event hands down if you only ever go to one graphic design event this year um go to creative south mm-hmm. you know adobe max is too big um a couple of the other events i go to are more specialized like photoshop world is great if you want to go and learn photoshop and lighting but it's a very class driven event what i love about creative south is you don't sit down in any classes yeah at all apart from the workshop day if you want to yeah you, you go in the, the opera house you watch people stand up on stage and do a talk and and you get to meet them you know i've met the hood sisters and f- f- chat to them now I, um lenny terenzi first time i met lenny was i saw him on stage with bella she made me cry because i've got daughters so straight away i spoke to them i got him invited to photoshop world with me the next photoshop world as as our guests we got bella a one-year membership with kelby one because she wanted to go and do that photography thing and um, got to hang out with scott kelby and you know they, they got the full vip treatment they, they got to stay in the hotel because obviously bell is in the wheelchair um she had an absolute blast i'm interviewing her next week for the magazine because we're halfway through her first year um just to see how she's progressing as a young photographer with with a not a disability she's got a I different kind of, as well yeah uh, she's got a different kind of ability but what what a powerhouse of a girl you know she's that i wanted to do something nice for them and if, if i if if i'm able to share something if i'm able to give something away or help someone I'm, i'll be the first person to do it absolutely i know i know you are yeah you are i mentioned it in the video uh wednesday as well about networking and just uh, you, you mentioned a minute ago not doing it for what you're going to get out of it meeting and making friends with people because you actually want to be friends with them yeah it's so important like yeah i just yeah, be friends with people and then things and, will come but don't do it for that reason no don't don't do it don't go up to aaron drapling because you want a free poster or a pack of field notes don't go up to dustin because you want a free you're genuinely friends with them yeah yeah and be prepared not to be friends with them 
yeah you know there was uh it was funny because there was one person at creative south that when you when you consider all the creatives that were there there was one person who the word intimidating is wrong but i was quite intimidated by him because i'd never really had much connection with him um i knew who he was i knew his work i i loved who he was but over the whole week i never spoke to him our paths didn't really cross properly and and when i did see him it wasn't the kind of the right time to go up and talk to him and on the final night um after we'd had that drink in the bar where every time the security came in you had to give me your, your bottle of beer you're gonna get arrested <laughs> when we go back to creative south this year i know so <laughs> As I walked out, I saw this guy by the door and I just thought, I can't, I can't leave this event and not say hello to him. And it was Brad Weaver. And I love Brad's work and he's a nice guy. And I just stopped and said, look, hi, Brad. You don't know who I am, but I love your work. And I've seen you here this week and I've not had the chance to say hello. And I just wanted to shake your hand and say, like, I love what you do. I've learned a lot from watching your work. I think it's great that you've built a business with, with uh, Tara, his wife. Um, I just want to say hello because I'm going home in the morning. And he said, and he just looked at me and goes, I know who you are. You're Dave Clayton. I've, I've seen, I've, I know you follow, we follow each other on social media and I watch what you do and I know where you work. And that, that really like was that like, even the last thing I did at Creative South was stop and talk to somebody who I'm so glad I did because we've bounced a couple of messages back and forth. I don't know when I'll see him again, but I went and introduced myself to him. I introduced myself to the Hood Sisters because, again, you know, they quite they were quite popular, um, and quite chatted to them. And, and and now we, you know, I saw Adobe Max and got a nice hug off them, and I got their book. And yeah, so you know, you, you have to know that you might not be friends with everyone, but when you go to somewhere like Creative South, it's hard not to make friends. Yeah. And that's what I think is a really good start. Go and find that first event because my first um, my first Adobe Max in 2016 20, I've been to three, 2016 I went to Adobe Max um, completely uh, I got a TA gig to go out there teaching assistant a gig through through Kelby One mm. uh, it's my first ever Adobe Max I'd always wanted to go it was the mothership you know when I think back to I was there at the dawn at the beginning of it all and then now I finally could afford to go to, to the mothership event I had already discovered Astute Graphics doing plugins for Illustrator. Um, but, and I tried them out. I hadn't bought them. And when I got to the event, a mutual friend of mine, Jesus Ramirez, who's got the Photoshop training channel, um, brilliant instructor, he said, oh, yeah, I know. I know them. they're American guy. Why don't I arrange to breakfast? And I'd already emailed Astute and said, look, I tried to set you up with with, with something earlier in the year it didn't work out but i'm gonna be at Adobe max would love to meet you and it was nick uh, and camilla mm. who'd gone out there and uh, sebastian bleak who's our american guy right. and we went and had breakfast and i told nick the story about how i got aaron draplin to come to london for that event that you were at and i never met you <laughs> and yeah, i was trying to you probably came and bought field notes from me because i was running his merch stand for the we whole two years before we met yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we probably you probably gave me money and i gave you some stickers or something and you got your picture taken with aaron and i was and there's pictures for the event where you can see me at the merch table so much so i organized that whole thing emailed him to get him to come over and do that event 
eventually Adobe took it over and paid for it and everything. And I never even got to see him speak because I was managing his merch table. Yeah. That's what, I, you know, and that was the thing that that night was, that's when you realize you've got to be a mate rather than a fan. And I stayed with his merch table. You know, I, I had all his money in my pocket. I took every, every pound note, 20 pound note, 50 pound note from every single person and had it in my pocket. Oh, and, he tr- he, and he trusted me. And the thing was, um, when I left, I had to rush and get a train. I left with all the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had to run all the way back at the risk of missing my train home because I, I was struck with fear that I couldn't I couldn't cope with the thought that he thought I'd stolen his money absolutely yeah yeah so I ran back and I just gave him all the cash like it was literally a wad, a wad of cash like that and he gave me 40 quid for a taxi to get back to the train station but um yeah so I I told Nick at breakfast that I'd organized this whole thing with Aaron Draplin coming over and he couldn't believe it because he said I just thought Adobe did it mm. so I I explained the whole backstory the connection and everything and unbeknown to me that was the seed of him thinking I need this fellow working for me because he knows everybody. He knows the industry and that includes a lot of illustrator users, which for those who don't know, Stu graphics, stugraphics.com, We do amazing plugins for Adobe illustrator and now Adobe XD and sketch. Yeah. <laughs> but um, So we had breakfast, came home, they came to the Aaron Draplin event. They brought all the staff down, which I didn't realize he'd brought the staff down to meet me to see whether they liked me or not. We had lunch with Aaron, um, a, a place in Shoreditch. Um, I hung around with Aaron the three days, took him back to the airport. Um, just had a really good hangout with him. Tony Harmer, who who does the Vector Generians podcast with me. He was ex, he worked for Adobe. Got back home. Uh, I was in a crappy design job in Swindon that I absolutely hated. And uh, I got a phone call from Nick and he just said, I've got this role at Astute Graphics. Would you be interested? It's training manager. I'd been a graphic designer for all these, all this time, and it was a completely different role for me. But because of my experience with Kelby One and becoming an instructor and an author and, and everything, I took it. And I may, it's been the best two years of my working life. That's amazing. Hands down, the best company I've ever worked for, the best boss I've ever had the best content I've ever worked with. My job is to, you know, I go in the office two days a week. So I three, three hours a day, twice a week. I drive to Hereford and back. I listen to podcasts. I do research on designers. I get to read blogs and, and go through social media and look at people's artwork and I contact them. And, yeah. you know, and when you've got Aaron Draplin talking about astute graphics on Skillshare and you've got Dan Styles doing the artwork for, for, for the launch of Phantasm that we did. And we've got DKNG using our plugins. Now we've got all these designers that have come from the relationships that I'm working on. You know, I'm so proud of what we do. I'm so proud of our relationship with Adobe. I'm proud of the designers I get to work with. Um, you know, people I've met through various podcasts who've become friends of me, friends of Astute Graphics, people I've connected. It's like if if everything stopped today, I <laughs> I'm I'm in the happiest place I've ever been in in my career that I could possibly want to be. That's amazing. That's really really awesome. I really really yeah. Happy. It's it's. It's been, you know, it's been a bit of a ride, but it's coming like the last, 
quarter of my not even the last quarter less than the last quarter of my life the last 13 years of my, of, of my working life have been the most important relationship building and and there's you know there's a lot to be said for putting that amount of putting that work in uh, that if you are you know if you are a young designer if you are a young professional don't be so blind by blinkered by being scared of what's going on or you might lose a job or you you know you're sharing too much there's mm. no such thing it's just you, you've only got to see the creatives helping each other and supporting each other you know and and someone like yourself doesn't just get Paula Scher and Lance Wyman and Stefan Sagmeister by by being a dick <laughs> for want of a better word apologies <laughs> but you know people people respect your approach you, you know those people could have easily said no and you could have given up but for every Stefan Sagmeister there's always a Dave Clayton so you've got to suck it up <laughs> uh, I, I reckon you should say for every Dave Clayton there's always a Stefan Sagmeister ah too kind but no I mate it's just there's so much to learn there's, there's, I get so excited by it still I'm like a kid when it yeah. comes to this industry and the, and the people I mean like I said I can't wait I'm working at the photography show in March um that's my nice. four days yeah thanks uh, to you which I, I have invited your sister because I did meet her at the event Annie Grandad yeah yeah uh, that was amazing yeah uh, I, I did tell them about you I said Dave's there if you see him look out for him uh yeah and and <laughs> I don't know how but in the first like 20 minutes I think before they walked in and then they'd already seen you yeah so I've sort, I'm going to sort your sister out with a couple of books um, to help her with the photography and, you know, Grand was really nice. So I'm working there. Then I'm speaking in Holland at an event. Then I'll be at Photoshop, uh, Creative South with you. And, and you're also doing crop, which I'm really jealous of because I can't stay for crop. Um, so I'll be doing that. Then I'll be at Photoshop World in May, June. And then uh, Adobe Max at the end of the year. Um, so Creative South will be with Astute Graphics mm. um, and Adobe Max will be with Astute Graphics and then the rest are just me so nice. that's the one good thing about working at Astute and Nick is good is he he knows I've I kind of brought a lot of baggage into it there's a lot of stuff I, I, I do outside that helps my job so I am able to still teach and write and, and do stuff outside, outside of Astute but it feeds what I do for Astute Graphics as well so yeah so that's me. That's really, really awesome. You got you got a great story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what I'm looking really looking forward to to create yourself, especially because people may not be may not know about this. Um, we're going to be doing a podcasting something together. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, under the name Creative Waffle, Creative South Waffle. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're going to be. Uh, I think we're going to try and put an evening together with Jason Frostheim, where it's going to be uh, a podcasters meetup. Because there's yeah. a lot of people there with some great podcasts, like Scotty Russell, you know, legend. Yeah. And uh, Daryl's got his uh, Master of One, I think, are going to be there. There's you, there's me. Um, so, I do, so I do one called He Shoots, He Draws. Mm-hmm. Glenn Jewis. Uh, it's a photography design podcast. We've been doing it for uh, a year on Saturday. We just discovered, talking before the show. Uh, we've only done like 58, 59 episodes, but we're absolutely loving it. Um, predominantly photography if you like that there are some good design interviews in there uh, if you look through the back catalogue but yeah it's it's a again it was a new medium it's one i'm happy with because i don't have to be on camera so 
<laughs> I don't know if the people look at my left eye thinking, is, is he having a stroke? <laughs> in fact, I start my presentations uh, by putting my name up on screen and the I in David is leaned over onto the other, onto the D. And I would say, you'll see from my name, I've got a wonky eye. And then I explain what, what it is and then it breaks the ice and then I don't have to worry about it. But yeah, so I've got He Shoots, He Draws podcast. I do another one called Vector Generians, which is about Illustrator, which is just about design with Tony Harmer, who used to work for Adobe, who's the design ninja on YouTube. Um, yeah, I just do as much as I can in the industry to... You know, and I'm grateful of opportunities like this because I know I've been talking for way too long. You can edit a ton of this out. You're one of these people that, even at Creative South, we, we just talk for ages, and you're one of these people I can listen to for ages and ages and ages. So it's oh, uh, thanks, yeah, I appreciate it. Always a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, and you, mate, and thank you for the opportunity for this because you know it's one of those I've been like been hoping I could be on it, but I'd never ask. I don't but know we, but as I saw that, like the as I saw the guests kind of the stature of the guest increasing i just thought uh, uh there'll be a quiet week <laughs> <laughs> but no i do genuinely i've made i really appreciate being on this because it's such an awesome podcast and i think what you do is brilliant the fact that you, you know you've people subscribe to this subscribe to creative waffle and share it because it is one of the like hidden gems of the podcast world and i hope you don't mind me saying that because more, more people should listen to this that just get just go and find three or four episodes that have like your favorite designer or whatever and just sit and enjoy it because it's not just an interview it's it's actually advice being given to you as well mm. and stuff that you're learning um and i think podcasts are great i think this is really the 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 time of the podcast you know netflix has taken over tv I think now podcasts is so many great creatives um, and great creative podcasts that are starting to get some, you know, numbers under their belt. Like you've done a hundred, uh, Scotty Russell, I think just did his hundred. Yeah. Um, Adventures in design, Mark Bricky, he's a machine. Ooh. He's he's just going to hit 900th episode oh, on Friday. Well. And yeah. And I've, I've got a lot of business, a lot of contacts and business out of Mark's podcast. I, I owe him a lot in terms of what he's delivered, what his podcast says he will do. It's not everyone's taste um, because there's a whole, you know, whole lot of different content on there, but I do listen to pretty much every episode and, and I've learned hell of a lot. So yeah, podcasts are a huge, huge asset for designers. I think now. Absolutely. They sure yeah. are. Uh, do you have to go or can I ask you two quick questions yeah you can ask me two quick questions I'm, I'm all yours mate uh, first of all what's your best purchase under £100 oh it's going to be a book I'm going to say Aaron Draplin's book pretty much everything I like yeah. it good yeah. purchase uh, finally how do you want to be remembered as the person who managed to keep a podcast going for longer than it should have done and still remain interesting <laughs> um i'd like to be remembered like my dad is remembered i lost my dad uh last year uh, and my father-in-law and it was a tough year but if i could be remembered as lovingly as my dad then i've i've done my job as a human being you know, my, my, girls, my, my girls and my boys be proud of me. I've got two young daughters and two grown-up sons. Um, 
yeah if 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 my family can think of as much of me as as everyone loved my dad that that'll be i'll be done put a fork in me and i'm done that's it that's really awesome um i've got a question for you before we go (laughs) 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 and and i and i hate i do hate this question because i'm not going to ask you where do you see yourself in five years but (laughs) as as you are today where do you what do you think you'd want to be what do you want to be over the course of the next like three five ten years what is your ultimate aim what's your ultimate goal because i've i'm at a point where you know like i said to you i'm in a job i love i've worked all my life i left school at 16 i've apart from like 15 months of my life 16 months of my life i've always had a job i wish i'd done some things differently in in when i was younger i wish opportunities would come my way a different way and maybe you know at 53 i'd be a managing director of a great design company i'm not so you're you're 20 Mm. yeah what what do you want blue deer do you you, will you always be blue deer do you want to be do you want the podcast to grow what what do you i don't want to say what you want to be when you grow up because you're already growing up but but what what's your astronaut uh, (laughs) you know (laughs) that that was what i wanted to be when i grew up seriously i didn't i had an interview for a job and they said if you had a phone call if you if we give you the job and you had a phone call that would make you leave what would that phone call be and i said it would be nasa asking for an overage overweight astronaut to go into space <laughs> true story but yeah what yeah what do you, what, what do you want blue deer and creative waffle to be in in like over a period of time what's your um, what's your business plan yeah i mean i've, I've got a few up there actually a few ideas i'm, I'm looking at i got I've, on a whiteboard, I've got a daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals. And in the next couple of years, I think the podcast, um, just really, this year is all about the podcast to me, really. Um, just whilst I'm still at home, keep smashing that, really yeah. growing it. And I really want to be one of the one of the big players, just just to give, and it, it's from two reasons. First of all, to be selfish and get so much advice from amazing people. Yeah. Grow myself as a person and a designer. And then the other reason is to give back to people, younger people, younger designers in similar situations to me where they can't access these other designers. Yeah. I think if there's this massive YouTube channel full of guests, interviews and advice for young designers, then that's what I want Creative Waffle to be. Cool. Uh, so, so, yeah, that, that's Creative Waffle. Yeah. And Blue think- eventually, a bit like Ghosty Ferns, um, just a, a creative collective of yeah cool freelancers yeah nice nice good that's good because like i say you've got you've got such a good opportunity now and people you know people designers should be listening to your show they should help you grow it and i think being at creative south again would be good for you Mm. but no i I think it's interesting because you know from a like not as a mentor but when you know when you look at people that I can I can look at people younger than me and see what they're doing and be inspired by that. And I would say to anybody who's sub twenty five, who's a designer, uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna be a really good mentor for that generation. I think what you're doing is a really good base for 
where you're going to go and you are going to find yourself um just sorry one last thing a, qu- <laughs> a, qu- a question <laughs> a question in an interview that i had once was where do, that's why i didn't want to ask you where do you see yourself in five years yeah. and most people kind of go well sat in your seat interviewing like my assistant yeah and my answer is it might sound cheesy but my answer at the time of this interview was i can't answer that question because if i go backwards and think let me go back five years yeah. if you'd asked me five years ago would I've ever been able to predict where I am today? Absolutely not, because I love that every opportunity that came along changed my direction. And I was never so focused on a linear path that I had to go from A to B that I could have missed a ton of stuff on the way. What I'm glad is going back five years is whatever I thought I could have been doing in five years time, I've achieved so many great personal objectives for confidence and all sorts that I, how, I could never predict what I'm going to be doing in five years. Be alive, my kids be healthy and, you know, and I'm paying the mortgage. But I don't, like, I don't want to predict what I'm going to do in five years. I might have an ultimate goal that, okay, I'm going to be an author, which would be like my first book. Amazing. I never, ever thought I'd be an author. Um, When's your book coming out? Let's talk about this. June. It's coming out in June. Yeah. I've What's got it about? When, it's, uh, it's a book called... Um, there's a couple of books here it's how do i do that in photoshop and how do i do that in lightroom and photoshop and i said to the authors and to scott that i wish there was one for indesign because i get the thing i get asked about the most in in design is how do i do that in indesign how do you use indesign why why do i need indesign and these books are single recipes so each page is is one tip Cool. Um, it open. It's, it'll be like a screenshot, one tip. How do I do this thing? That's so, so for InDesign, it'll be um, how do I place an image into a frame? The next page will be how do I swap an image out? How do I resize an image? How do I really good, outline it? text? It's just really basic. It's not an overly super technical book because there's another book coming out with Rocky Nook that's m- like more of a user manual. This is just for that. If you were sat next to me and you said, oh, Dave, how can I put an image inside some text? I can, you can go to the images chapter and there'll be a tip. How do I put an image into text? And it'll show you the tip. That's, that's what the book's going to be out in June. I'm still writing it. I'm finishing it up now. It should be finished in the next week. Um, I've had an email from the author tonight. I can see probably saying, where is it? Uh, but it's been hard work. Um, when you've got a day job and a family and a mm. ton of other things. But yeah, you know, I never thought I'd be an author. I'd never thought I'd be a teaching on a stage in front of two, 300 people. I never thought I'd, you know, be working in a job where I get to travel to America and go to conferences. So, you know, if you have got, a, if you have got a plan, be loose with it, have, have an objective, have some things to achieve, but don't be so, don't be so linear and tied to a path that you'll miss out on some stuff because you know look what's happened to you in a year look what's happened to me in a year True. we're you know completely different ages and yet we've both experienced so much that you couldn't have predicted yeah 90 percent of what of what came to you of what of what happened you planned for it but you know for you when you look back and see your podcast guests and what you've achieved as a designer 
the risks you've done you know i said on our podcast the other day i gave you a mention because i said you know you you worked you took a job at sainsbury's over christmas to help pay towards your trip um because i admire what you do where are you going to be working in march yeah the photography show again is is one of those things down to relationships is uh i managed the live stage just my fifth year of photography show and then this year we've got a new thing called the video and photo and video editing suite so i've been putting together the get the speakers for that for the event so i'm going to be co-managing that with a friend of mine uh pete treadway um but they asked me for a third person and said can you can you think of anybody that can help you as the team of three run the three stages mm. and it wasn't so much that okay here's a guy i know who's a keen photographer who's you know 30 years old and there's has been these kind of conferences you were the first name on my list yeah and it was a case of if you think you can do it i think you can do it and it means you can come along to an event that you wouldn't normally have gone to you get to work you'll be managing a stage you'll be dealing with the speakers you'll be getting a different networking opportunity opportunity you'll be working at a conference that you'll see the background of you'll be working with me it's going to make you some money towards the trip yeah Yeah. that's why you got the gig because i respect what you do you know and there are like five five photographers i could have asked to do it but i know what it would mean to you to have that opportunity to to be able to you know have a little bit of extra money you've got a couple of trips coming up so i'm looking forward to you coming and, and working with me at the photography show yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you very much for that, by the way. <laughs> like you say, it's about opening yourself up to, to things you don't expect. So I don't expect to be on stage like, helping out at a photography event. But um, because I met you at Creative South, putting myself in that position to meet other people, you never know yeah. what's going exactly. And if you're uncomfortable with something, just don't do it. But don't, don't give up on it. Just if, you, if, it, if something makes you uncomfortable, sometimes you've got to do it. But other times you can just still learn a lot by by reading the environment watching others these are the moments you'll remember when you're 53 and being interviewed in the podcast and you go back and someone says how did you start and you'll be telling the story about when you first started your podcast and you know your podcast is going to be um your podcast will be slicker in a year's time yeah your the way the way you perform the podcast the, the frequency of it it will change but it will be a better podcast in a year's time Absolutely. It, it, it won't be anything else but you'll you know you'll get your you have really good guests you'll have a good pedigree you'll be one of the podcasts that people name in their top five well your oyster mate yeah, that's an amazing place to leave this show <laughs> uh, thank you yeah thank you so much it's yeah and you'll help me support everything um yeah it's been an absolute pleasure knowing you and yeah my pleasure a lot longer yeah absolutely i want to be around to see you turn into the the force to be reckoned with that i think you'll be <laughs> that's awesome yeah let's end the show thank you so much yeah no thank you oh wait where can people find you and and say hello to you on the oh internet? okay all right I'll go about that bit. <laughs> all right uh yeah if you want to find me um it's kind of three main places uh for work astutegraphics.com and astutegraphics on social media uh, for the podcast, it's He Shoots, He Draws. So that'll be at He Shoots, He Draws or He Shoots, He Draws.com. And if you just want to find my ramblings and stuff that I put on social media, I'm It's Dave Clayton 
on everything. So it's ITS because I couldn't get Dave Clayton. So it's it's Dave at it's Dave Clayton. Uh, don't bother going to it's Dave Clayton.com because I, I, who does who writes blogs anymore? <laughs> Seriously, um, everything's about me is on social media. So um, that's that's where to find me if you want. And ask me anything. You know, it doesn't mean I can answer immediately because I've got a day job. But if you want to ask a question or you want an introduction or anything like that, just give us a shout. There we go. Go and find him. So that is it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I love chatting with Dave and uh, we're going to be doing something at Creative South, so I'll see you there if you're going to that. Um, you can also help out the podcast via design cuts, sharing it around on social media, and also now we've got a Patreon as well. And that will allow me to bring you the best from different designers around the world. I'm traveling the UK for a YouTube series. I'm uh, doing other podcast stuff uh, in other countries, so maybe consider going over to Patreon and helping us out that way. That would be totally up to you. But thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.